0: So if you've missed, if you've missed uh, something in this particular study, go back. It's recorded. Uh, What in the world is going on? Part one, part two, and this is part three on tonight. Now, we have revealed uh, this false church. The Bible says in Revelation, uh, the mind that have wisdom. uh, That was in Revelation 17 and specifically gave us... Specifics uh, to know that we are dealing with and we are talking about uh, the Catholic Church. Uh, Revelation 17 and 9. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Amen. And we have gone through and from that point on shown all of the slides that identify this false false prophet, this false church, as being the Catholic church. Now, uh, Revelation 17 and 18 is all dealing with Babylon. It's talking about uh, the woman that's riding on the beast, and uh, the woman is the, uh, the religious peace, and the beast on which she rides is the uh, unity of nations or the governmental peace. They are in agreement, and it's all Babylon. All right. Babylon is anything that you're trying to do without God. And we have it in Genesis 11, the beginning of it. Uh, It existed in the middle of Israel's history when they went into Babylonian captivity. And then Zechariah told us in uh, Zechariah five and five, this Babylon, this woman, it's coming back. All right. Uh, you can read that for yourself. Uh, the woman was cast into the midst of the ephah and the lid was put on it to seal it. And Zechariah asked the two angels, what are you going to do with the ephah? Where bearest thou the Epha? And they say to establish it on its own base in the land of Shinar. Well, that's where it's all began back in Genesis. And the earth was of one language and of one speech one world government. That's what we're going to right now. Amen. It's happening before our very eyes. Everything is in place. And that Babylon that existed in the beginning of our history, I'm going to say it's our history because the Bible is a story of God and his church, his woman. We are the bride of Christ. And the story always has to do with a good woman and a bad woman, a good church, and a bad church. And that's what we're dealing with uh, right now. Uh, The bride of Satan, Uh, when John saw her, uh, his mouth fell open. My God, can it be? How can something uh, that presents itself uh, just like Jesus, but inwardly it is utterly corrupt? And that's what we're studying. That's what we're, we're going through. And certainly, um, I, I think it's quite fascinating to see this prophecy coming to pass. Now, we know the false church, it hates true prophecy because it testifies and tells of its doom. It's coming to an end. It's all Babylon. So what does the, uh, the false prophet or the false church do? It has false Prophecy. Remember, uh, Satan, when he was cast out of heaven, uh, Jesus said, I saw him fall as lightning. Amen. When he could not ascend into the seat of God, he could not take over the perfect plan. And he was kicked out having great wrath. Woe unto you, the inhabitants of the earth. For now he's come down unto you having great wrath because his time is short. So what is he doing? He's trying to mimic the perfect plan. He's doing everything. He can to make his program, his false church, look just like the real bride of Christ. And many people are going to be fooled. And this is not the time to just be a religious person. You know, well, everybody is saved and all churches are right and all people have the right. No, 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 no. This is a time of discernment. You got to have a discernment. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger they will not follow. So we don't have to be fooled, amen, by this false prophet, this false church, amen, that is deceiving the minds of individuals today, amen. All right, so we're gonna pick up because God said he gave this church time uh, to repent, to get it right, and that was in Revelation 2. That was the church of Thyatira. Now, this church that we identified in Revelation 17, now 17 and 18, like I say, talks about 17 more, talks about the woman that rides upon uh, the beast, and 18 talks about uh, the beast upon which she rides, uh, the unity of nations. All of the nations are going to come together, and the Antichrist is going to convince them that they can fight against God And when, amen, (laughs) my God. Uh, But 17 and 18 are are all talking about this false church, uh, the government upon what she writes. And a lot of it, uh, some of the the beast is talked about in uh, chapter 17, some of it is talked, the woman is talked about in 18, but you have to have a mind uh, of discernment to know. And we have dissected it all. Uh, And if you don't uh, yet understand, go back and replay it and get an understanding. And all thy getting, get an understanding because this is the time uh, that we, the church, the children of God, we don't want to be deceived. Take heed that no man deceive you. Matthew 24, what shall be the sign of thy coming? The end of the world. Um, When shall these things be? The sign of thy coming and the end of the world. The Olivet Discourse took the whole chapter to answer the question, and he did not answer it in the order in which they asked the question. The first thing he said of most importance, take heed that no man deceive you for false Christs are going to rise. Come on, somebody. Deception number one. Deception number two. Most important things that came out of his mouth that men's minds are going to be deceived. All right. So we have identified this church. God said this church have existed for some time. I've given her time to repent. That's Revelations, the second chapter, uh, verses 18. The second chapter, verses eighteen. Everybody should have your Bible. We're going to do some quick uh, recap and hopefully share some good and enlightening uh, information with you on tonight. Now, listen. I'm going to say this again, uh, and I'm will probably try to repeat it throughout um, uh, my teaching on this. Uh, uh, It gives me no great pleasure. Uh, to identify and say that this is the Catholic Church and sometimes people I know we have affiliation with uh, The Catholic Church some of us have come up uh, in the Catholic schools some of us have uh, Had history in the Catholic Church and some of us have friends that are yet in the Catholic Church uh, So this is not a matter of hating on uh, one particular one church against the other It's a matter of revealing truth. Now, this is not truth that I have just come into. I've known it for years and uh, have not. uh, And I I think a lot of people don't teach on it uh, for the fear of offending individuals. But this is a time for truth. And this is the very time in which we live. Uh, This this book of Revelation uh, it's being revealed unto us. We're living it right now. It's jumping off the pages. Uh, it's coming to fruition. It's an apocalyptic uh, language. And uh, It deals with the end of the world and the end of mankind as we know. And we're at that time. Uh, and this is just on a mission to reveal truth and not point finger or blame. Amen. And I'm hoping that everything Uh, I'm backing it up with scripture. I'm backing it up with document, amen, and that it will be convincing to you and we'll all be better off as a result. uh, We know, matter of fact, it tells us in the beginning of Revelation, we're blessed for even reading uh, this book of Revelation. It's going to reveal unto us that God is still in control. He has a plan Amen. And I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. All right. This church was revealed that existed for a long time. He calls it the church of Thyatira. Uh, Revelation, the second chapter, 18th verse through 25. He said there's still yet time for those individuals to come out of her. Uh, she appears to be Uh, the bride of Christ, but she's the bride of Satan. And instead of a chaste virgin, she's actually a harlot. Uh, The Bible on occasions call her a whore. She's unfaithful, uh, committing fornication and adultery. All right, Uh, let's read here. And the angel of the church of Thyatira write to the angel of the church, of Thyatira right? these things saith the Son of God who have eyes like unto a flame of fire and has feet like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works at the last to be more than the first. Now we can't deny the Catholic Church is doing a lot of good things. She looks just like the bride of Christ, but when you know the truth about it, it's just like John. Your mouth will fall open, notwithstanding I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman, Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication, there's still time, and she repented not, behold, I will cast her onto a bed. Isn't that kind of interesting uh, wording, uh, the, the great horror, you're going to cast her onto a bed, and uh, them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds, and I will kill her children with death. Those rivers that flowed out of her, uh, that woman that sitteth upon the, the seven hills is that Catholic church, and the rivers, the influence, those other ministries that have come out of her. Uh, I'm going to kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. I, I know how to separate Uh, the wheat from the chaff, amen, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many have not this doctrine, the Catholic Church took the oneness and they changed it into the Trinitarian doctrine and became the fathers of that heresy, that lie, amen. Amen. Uh, and have great influence, and that is the largest doctrine that's being taught uh, today among false churches, false uh, uh, teachers, uh, the Trinitarian doctrine. She has had great influence. All right, but everybody was not carried away. Everybody was not convinced. But he said, but as many have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which you have already, hold fast till I come. So, um, Jesus is revealing to us a church that tolerates sin. Why would a church tolerate sin? And he used that word Jezebel. Now, I want you all to know that in the Bible, It was King Ahab's wife. uh, That was her name, Jezebel. And she represented, uh, he was an evil king and she was the wife of the evil king. And she represented along with him, everything that was evil. Amen. Uh, That is the same uh, woman. And she is a type of uh, church, a type of doctrine. Uh, We certainly see that in uh in Zechariah in the 5th chapter the 5th verse the woman which represented evil was cast into the midst of the ephah she represented all that was evil a type of Jezebel amen certainly that's what we're talking about in Revelation 17 this woman that is appearing to be the pride of Christ but she represents all that is evil. Zachariah said to set it on its base in the land of Shinar at the end. It's coming back. That's what we're talking about. The false church. Amen. Uh, This Jezebel. Amen. Uh, Jezebel, this um, false church. This woman. uh, Why would a church tolerate or allow Jezebel? Come on, somebody. Uh, to exist. Come on, somebody. My God. And, and that's what he said. He calls my children to commit fornication, uh, un, unlawful, uh, unallowed, uh, unauthorized relationships. Come on, somebody. My God. So this church has tolerated sin. All right. not Not openly, but publicly, inwardly, Now, outwardly, it looks fine, but inwardly, it is utterly corrupt, all right? It allows false prophecy. Why would a church, a a bride of Christ, the true church, allow false prophecy? Well, we know uh, that the false church hates true prophecy because it testifies against her. My God. My God. Jesus said, uh, this world hates me because I testify against it. Mm. So the false church would never allow true prophecy because it testifies against it. Come on, somebody. My God. Remember now, it was the political and the religious leaders that came together. And that's what we're talking about right now. Uh, The... The religious peace and the political peace together. It's all Babylon. It was the uh, political peace and the religious peace. It aligned with Pilate's political agenda to kill Jesus. And it aligned with Herod's religious agenda to kill Jesus. They both hated Jesus. They couldn't agree on anything. But they both hated Jesus. And killed him. Come on somebody. my If it were possible. All right. And uh, so why in the world uh, would a church embrace or tie itself with something that hates Jesus? Come on, somebody. Why would I align with something that hates my daddy? Hmm. My God. And uh, individuals, you see... Uh, teaching with a flag in the uh, in the prop. Uh, I don't have no flag here. <laughs> now I'm American. Uh, I'm an American citizen. I love the U.S. Amen. I love my country. Uh, but this word here testifies against it. Come on, somebody, and I, I can align myself with something that hates my daddy. Does that make any sense? jesus said this world hates me because i testify against it and we're in his word and guess what that same word is going to testify against the government in which we now live. all right he said i'm going to cast her into bed with them that commit adultery amen now wait a minute if you use now we can commit fornication but you can't commit adultery unless you're married. She's married, she's supposed to be married to him. I'm on somebody, but she's committing adultery. She's now not only have illegal or unauthorized, unapproved relationships, but she's committing adultery. I on somebody because she's supposed to be the bride of Christ. How many know that we are espoused? Amen? We are espoused. We are the true bride of Christ. And we should not be committing spiritual fornication or adultery because we are already spoken for. Uh, To leave this and to get into something else is committing spiritual adultery. Come on, somebody. And certainly... Uh, that's what he said. This church has allowed false doctrine to exist. All right. I'm going to cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery. So she's married and and it's going to be a great bed of tribulation. This church allows false doctrine. Why would a church allow false doctrine? The early framers of the Catholic church, they are the ones that birth the Trinitarian doctrine. Now, we're going to go into Bishop Herman's book on tonight, uh, and he actually states that, uh, and gets the record uh, for us. They started out with the oneness, started out with the oneness doctrine, amen. But the early framers of the Catholic Church thought they had the authority to change things. My God, and they are the authors, the founders of the Trinitarian doctrine, amen? So this church allows false doctrine, amen? Uh, Nothing in the Bible tells us that we get closer to Jesus by having a relationship with Mary. This church allows idol worship, come on somebody, my God. A uh, Worshiping Mary is idol worship. Kissing a statue of Mary is idol worship. Bowing down and kissing the ring of the Pope is idol worship. You all remember Peter, Apostle Peter, when he came to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius tried to bow down to him. He said, get up, man. <laughs> I'm a man just like you. And I tell you of a truth, God is of no respecter of persons. Don't worship me. Worship him. And that's the position that the church ought to take. But this false church allows idol worship. It allows immorality to exist in the church. My God, and certainly... um, Uh, The Catholic Church uh, ought to find itself on its heels. Uh, This was just published in the um, American. uh, What is it? Uh, I have the reference right here. This is called the Catholic News. Um, The Catholic Church has just issued an apology. Uh, and has it has uh, issued apologies. It has conducted internal investigations and have paid reparations for the abuse of children, uh, Native American children uh, that were in Catholic-run boarding schools. All right. Now, the church has done all of this, but they felt uh, that they deserved an apo- an apology, amen. And certainly, uh, the and This is recent news. This is recent. News. We're not talking about uh, that uh, thing with the the priests and the altar boys. Uh, this is this is recent news. The church is issuing an apology for the abuse of Native American children. They said, give us, that's, that was always their motto, give us your children. Well, they didn't want all children. They just wanted certain children, but uh, I would dare to say they, they abused them all. they on somebody, my God. So now they're on the hook and the audacity of this church the unmitigated gall to take a, a moral stance on anything—I don't even know how. <laughs> I, I have no clue how it—it it, it feels that it's in a position. Every time you know there's something that comes out that they're guilty of, and they acknowledge, and have to apologize for. Uh, so many thousands, if not millions, have been martyred. Uh, by the Catholic Church, but God said, I gave it time to repent. Amen. That's the uh, National Catholic Reporter is the name, uh, the the May 2021 edition in the National Catholic Reporter. It's their independent news. Uh, if you want to look it up, this story, God said, I gave them time to repent, uh, return back to the oneness doctrine. Uh, to turn from her wicked ways, we found that that uh, she feels that she has no need to repent, this church. We found that in Revelation, the 18th chapter. <clears throat> now, let's go to Revelation 18. This is a quick recap. She said some pretty uh, stunning things here. Uh, Revelation 18, 7 and 8, how much she have glorified herself. She's proud of who she is and and who she represents and live deliciously. My God, the Catholic Church is well connected in every country, every language, attended by every nationality, creed and walk and background of people. She lives deliciously. Uh, So much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, I sit a queen among somebody and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore, since is a fact, shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. My God. Her position is I have no need of repentance. And she says something here, and I am no widow. In the Bible we discussed how God always uses a widow. He used a widow to minister to Elijah at uh, Zeth Parath. uh She said, you know, I, I don't have nothing but just uh, you know a few sticks and a And a little bit of meal, I'm going to bake this cake, and me and my son, we're going to eat, and we're going to die. But God blesses her. He uses a widow. What about the widow that goes to the unjust judge? uh, He says, I don't fear man, nor do I fear God. But because of this will trouble me, he always uses a widow. Tamar uh, was a widow and also uh, disguised herself as a prostitute. Uh, But God used her, the birth, the nations of Judah. Uh, But this church here says, I ain't no widow. God ain't going to ever have any use. Uh, He'll never, I'll never avail myself to be used by God. Come on somebody, my God. She vows never to be used of God. And God says she's going to get death and tribulation. It is opposite of the obedient church. We checked out the church of Philadelphia. Uh, that was Revelation 10. Let's go back there. Now, this was the church of Thyatira that existed way back in then, but there was a church also, Revelation, the third chapter. It was the obedient church. All right, the church in Philadelphia, Revelation 3 and 10, because thou has kept The word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come up on all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. My God, many Bible theologians theorize that this church, this obedient church is not talking about the bride of Christ. All right, we are the bride of Christ and we're going to be snatched out. Amen. Before uh, the tribulation, the church is not going through the tribulation period. But God said there is a church that's going to be doomed and there is a church that I'm going to spare. The Bible theologians uh, are mixed as to whether this church is going to go through the tribulation period and be spared or will it be. Uh, caught up with us. That's neither here nor there. But God is telling this church, I'm going to spare you, but this other church, this false church, this false uh, bride of Christ is going to be doomed. It's Babylon. There's no way. There's no way it's going to uh, survive. My God. We talked about Job. Uh, in the time, I'm not. I'm sorry. Um, um, hmm. I'm trying to think now. Okay, that thought passed me. It'll come back to me. <clears throat> now, when we looked at this, I, I in my study, I said, "Well, who agrees with this?" And uh, anybody that does any study in the last five hundred years of church history. Uh, understands and know that what we're talking about is definitely without question the Catholic Church, one being Martin Luther. Martin Luther was a member of the Catholic Church and vowed to get everybody out and to save them from this uh, prophecy. Uh, But after some time, he was kicked out of the Catholic Church and he started the Lutheran Church. All right, now, but don't uh, 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 count him as a man of God because the Catholic Church martyred individuals that did not agree with him. And uh, Martin Luther also martyred people that did not agree with him. (laughs) My God. Uh, So there was a lot of uh, upheaval and and turmoil going on. Uh, Who else agreed with this? John Calvin, John Knox, John Wycliffe, uh, William Tyndale. Uh, Bishop G.T. Haywood had the revelation and knew. Uh, Bishop Paddock, Bishop Brisbane, uh, Bishop Herman, and even my own father. Uh, Not all of these men I've heard teach this. Uh, I've heard Bishop Brisbane teach it. I've heard Bishop Paddock uh, teach it. Uh, I know my father knew it but did not say much about it for fear of offending people. But this is the day and time in which we live. And the Bible said the truth will make you. Free. Amen. Because people's minds now are being deceived. And if you want to know what in the world is going on, this is where we're going. To this one world church, this one world religion. And guess what? It won't be this. And if you don't embrace uh, the false church, the false uh, beast, this beast, and worship its image, you're going to have to have your head cut off my god so um i'm not misconstruing what we're uh what I'm teaching here tonight all of the early framers uh of the gospel identified and knew that this is definitely talking about uh the catholic church all right now we also want to focus in on the fact that this false church is going to cause people to worship the beast and they won't even know it. My God, she is in agreement uh, with the government. This is the woman that's riding upon the beast. Uh, she is going to tell the people, this is what you need to do to be saved. I on, somebody. And then I asked the question, have you ever heard someone say or insinuate that if you don't vote Republican, you're not saved? Not not just uh, that church, but all of those. Remember, all of those churches that she has had influence with are telling individuals, well, if you don't vote Republican, you ain't saved. This is the way. To be saved, Come on somebody. My God, this is the influence that she has. She's teaching this. We have individuals they they uh, they they they're, they're so deceived that they're lining up uh, with the lie. Come on somebody. Uh, the great lie that's being uh, told that you know somehow the last election was was stolen. And the Democrats took a big beating last night because a lot of people are signing on to the Trump train. Uh, There has been an evil uh, that has been unleashed in this world that I don't think we've seen. Uh, I I know it always have existed, but now it's okay to express your hate for your fellow uh, mankind. Come on, somebody. My God. They're, they're subscribing uh, to this method and way of living. My God. And there are, are so called um, evangelical Christians uh, that hate people that don't look like them. Mm. My God. Not openly, but privately. They agree. They agree with the racist agenda, my God, of what's going on today. I read a book, Christian Men That Hate Women. <laughs> it's you'd be surprised, you'd be surprised. Uh, people when they're supposed to be, they present themselves as one way, but inwardly they are utterly corrupt. They present themselves as one way, but when you examine it, it's altogether something different. My God. Uh, somehow, this group of individuals feel that they have been given the authority to persecute others that don't look like them or share their view. Come on, somebody. Uh, now Jesus said, "Compel them," and I looked at that word, "compel," and it's pretty strong. But He also tells us, "With loving kindness, have I drawn them?" Come on, somebody. He said, "Let the wheat and tear grow together, and when I come, I'll separate." Come on, somebody. So there's a lot of hate we see going on in the world today and a a lot of it is because of what the day and time in which we live. People feel that they have a freedom now to express their disdain for, you know, who you are, your background and the, the life that you live. Come on, somebody. That's not with loving kindness. Have I drawn them? They're doing the exact opposite and feel that they have the authority to persecute Others, my God. Now, um, when we began to look at this false church uh, and we want to get to, um, the Bible says, this is the mind that have wisdom. We want to get a, to know and we want to know what in the world is going on. We talked about the largest private voting block in the world. The largest private voting bloc in the world is the Catholic Church, Catholic voters. And it's primarily, not all, but primarily Republican. Oh, somebody, I told you all about the experience I had with my mother. We were going over to St. Joe, uh, St. Joe, St. Mary. Those are all Catholic hospital, Catholic institutions run by the uh, the nuns and uh we were going to pray and we'd run into the chaplain that was there and I don't know how it came up but he said uh to us oh you all are democrats so you all uh, believe in abortion <clears throat> and we had to uh I had to let him know no uh we don't uh believe in abortion but you know what Uh, We don't believe in uh, Catholic priests that rape altar boys either. You know, uh, you want to throw me into a category, and and this is what I'm talking about. The unmitigated gall uh, uh, of something that's utterly corrupt to take a moral stand. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) Uh, You got to be kidding me. You know, uh, it has nothing to do with my political so- per- persuasion as to whether I support abortion or I don't uh, support abortion. Come on, somebody! My God! So this political voting block, this 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 powerful private voting block, is going to use its political power to deceive minds. Come on, somebody! Um, let's go to first, uh, Chronicles. I want to share just a thought with you there. First Chronicles. This is the men that gathered to fight with David to become King, uh, 12. Um, and I want to talk about these men that came to fight with David and it gives us some, uh, some history as to, um, These men, they were qualified for war. But I want to show you uh, uh, the most important people that gathered with David. Uh, Verse um, 2 says, uh, these were armed with bows and could use both the right hand and the left hand, hurling stones and shooting arrows out of a bow. Uh, Even of Saul's brethren of Benjamin, amber dexterous killers could just as easily kill you with the right hand or uh, the left hand. Uh, Verse um, eight, and of the uh, Gadites, they separated themselves unto David and to hold to the wilderness men of might and men of war fit for the battle and could handle shield and buckler, whose faces were like the faces of lions, and were swift as the rolls upon the mountain. My God. Uh, Verse 21, and they helped David against the band of the rivers, and they were all mighty men of valor, and were captains of the host. For at that time, day by night, there came to David to help him until it was a great host like the host of God. Uh, Verse 33. It's talking about the qualifications of these warriors of Zebulun, such as went forth to battle, expert in war and with all instruments of war. uh, 50,000, which could keep rank. Come on, somebody. They were not of double heart. I mean, committed individuals for war. Uh, verse 34. Um, uh, the, uh, and of Nephilim, a thousand captains, and with them shield and spear, thirty and seven thousand. And of the Danaites, expert In war, twenty and eight thousand and six hundred. And of Asher, uh, such as went out forth to battle, expert in war, forty thousand. My God. Talks about all of the uh, qualification of these individuals. But I want to focus in on a group that I think was most important uh, next to God. And that is verse thirty two and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. My God, the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. What good would it be to have all of these instruments of war, all of these dedicated men uh, that new war and <clears throat> studied war and experts at war, if you don't know what to do, my God, this is the time that we need men of Issachar that have a perfect understanding of the times and know what Israel ought to do. what What would be good? what would be the purpose? If you don't know what to do, my God, and this is a time that we need to lean into God. You all remember that. Lean into God and God will give us discernment. We'll have an understanding of the times and know what Israel ought to do. And not only that, and all their brethren were at their commandment. My God, what good would it be to know what to do if the people won't take the commandment and put it to good use? The time is time. Amen. To under, have a perfect understanding of the time. Amen. And know what we ought to do. All right, let us turn back our attention back to this false church and her influence. She is uh the mother of harlots uh she is the uh, the pioneer of the Trinitarian doctrine Amen and she has caused many individuals that flow out of her to fornicate that's forbidden relationships. they're now in relationship with something that God never intended. They commit adultery because she should be married to God. Come on, somebody. But now she is an adulteress. She looks like the real thing, but she is utterly corrupt. And she is going to cause people to worship Satan when they think they are worshiping God. Let's go to Revelation 13 and just get a little bit of that. <clears throat> And prove that out. This is the one that comes out of the earth, Revelation uh, 13 and 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth that had two horns like a lamb. And he spake like a dragon. He has two horns. He looks like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. And this is the time that we have to have discernment. My sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. All right. And he exercises all power of the first beast before him. Why? Because they're all the same. And causes the Earth and them that dwell upon therein to worship the first beast whose deadly womb was healed, my God, so uh this false church is going to be performing miracles, deceiving the people, and they think they're going to be worshiping God, but they're actually going to be worshiping Satan, my God, the unholy Trinity, all right, we know. Uh, We have Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He's Father in creation. He's Son in redemption. He's the Holy Ghost in us. And uh, we all know and have the revelation that all of these three are one. The Holy Trinity. Well, he's trying to uh, mimic God. So we have Satan. We have Antichrist. And we have the false prophet. All of them are. Uh, uh, three (laughs) are one. It's all Satan. All right? My God, it's all Babylon. My God, but the people are going to be deceived into believing they're worshiping God, but they're actually going to be worshiping Satan. Come on, somebody. My God. So I want to talk about um, uh, this um you know people they this this republican republican voting block this this large private most powerful voting block tell people well we vote republican because we don't believe in abortion all right that that's their reason that's what they say well i'm i'm i i don't i i don't vote democrat because I I I don't believe in abortion. <laughs> and somehow have deceived the people to believe, okay, well, if you if you're you vote Democratic, uh you're going to go to hell. Uh you support, you know, all of the things of Satan. Now listen, let me say this right now. All of the parties are corrupt. <laughs> all of them are corrupt. Your vote is about money. It's all about money, as they say, follow the money. Uh, But this voting block has the minds of individuals deceived that somehow voting with a particular party is somehow is going to uh, make me of a, a moral character or a moral individual. Come on, somebody. My God. So, Uh, Many of them are talking about denying uh, the current president, President Biden, uh, communion because of his pro-choice stance. Uh, And certainly, uh, I know there are people talk about, well, Jesus is pro-life. Yes, he said, i come that you might have life, but Jesus is pro-choice. He says, I set before you life and death. You do the choosing. I come that you might have life. <laughs> come on. But everybody's not going to get it. Now, if he's pro-life and somebody dies, that means there's a failure in God. He said, I've come that you might have life, but I set before you life and death. You choose. And I believe in a woman's right to choose. I, I, I'm not a proponent of abortion. <laughs> Uh, I do not support it. I do not condone it. I I don't recommend it. Remember somebody, my God, but I do believe in a woman's right to choose. The Catholic Church have chose uh, to uh, rape these altar boys. They have chose to abuse and mishandle these uh, Native American children. It's made its choice. Why would you not want to deny somebody else the choice? God's giving everybody choice. You know, somebody out there, the speed limit is 45 miles an hour. You have choice to, to obey it or to exceed it. (laughs) But if you do, there and get caught. There's going to be a consequence. Now you may avoid the law, but nobody's going to get around God. If you exceed His laws, there's no way. He said the wages of sin is death. Come on, somebody. My God. So uh, they had they feel that there's some uh, a party affiliation that is going to change the nature of man. Uh, What did Paul say in Romans 7 when he said, you know, I was dealing with an enemy on the inside? Um, Romans, the seventh chapter. For what shall we say then? I'm in seven and seven. Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not know sin, known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet, but sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all matter of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin, what? Revived, and I died. And the commandment, which was the ordinance to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me, wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by the which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual. But I am carnal and soul under sin, for that which I do not allow, for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that which is good. For now it is no more. I that do it but sin that dwelleth in me for i know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me but how to perform that which is good i find not for the good that i would uh, that i that would i do not but the evil which i would not that i do now if i do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. He finally cries out in verse 24 and says, "'O wretched man that I am, "'who is going to deliver me from the body of this death?' "'8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation "'to them which are what? "'In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, "'but after the Spirit.'" I did not get relief or deliverance from the warring that was within me, come on somebody, until I got into Christ. Are are you naive enough to believe that just being a member of the, the Republican Party that somehow you have enough power to resist against sin? Uh, And all other moral issues they have, well, homosexuality and gay and lesbianism. Are you not uh, naive enough to believe that all homosexuals, all gays, (laughs) uh, are Democrats? Come on, somebody. My God. Paul said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. It takes the shed blood of Jesus Christ to change a man's nature. Our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know it? And joining some political affiliation, come on somebody, does not change the wickedness of man's heart. Come on somebody, my God. Only the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now let let me make a point here. Uh, You all often hear me talk about Ron Reagan. He's a very famous um, son of a president, Ronald Reagan. Uh, Very famous atheist says that I'm Ron Reagan not afraid of burning in hell. Now uh, he's the son of the Reagan, they call the Republican Party, the party of Reagan. Well, here's his son, the biggest and and most noted atheist, had a commercial. There is. My God. Um, Let's take another case Uh, of Vice President Dick Cheney. Uh, they describe him as the most powerful vice president that we have ever had uh politically his business acumen and his financial resources um he is the father of congresswoman uh, Liz Cheney uh and did you all know that uh Liz Cheney had to apologize for her sister Mary Cheney Cheney um who in an interview with Leslie Stahl, um, uh, Liz Cheney um, called out Mary for being gay. And she is gay. And I'm giving you all the names, Leslie Stahl. If you Google Leslie Stahl and, and, and Google Liz Cheney, um, you'll, you'll find this interview. Uh, She came out in her conservative garb and, you know, I'm against gayism and and my sister is wrong. Well, (laughs) she had to make an about face and apologize to her sister, Mary Cheney, which is gay, uh, and uh, supported her in her lifestyle. Wait a minute now. Um, Vice President Dick Cheney had to come out and say, and wait a minute now, Dick Cheney and his wife also supported Liz Cheney in her conservative view, but they all repented. And Daddy Cheney came out and said, freedom means freedom for everyone. What? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, what they're saying is, well, you know. If if my family get caught up in it, then it's okay. Well, what happened to the you know the conservative you know the, you know the you know uh, the moral and and all of this? Now you all can look these um, these resources up. I'm giving you all the names that you can Google. You you will get this interview with Leslie Stahl, where Liz Cheney, Dick Cheney. And his wife had to come out and support their daughter, Mary Cheney, in her gay lifestyle. Ah. Isn't that something? Well, wait a minute. I I thought y'all were all Republicans and y'all didn't, you know, y'all didn't, you know, do this. (laughs) Y'all didn't. Well... If my family gets caught up in it, uh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna turn the blind eye. Listen, if uh, my son Avery the Fourth decide that he wants to be homosexual. Uh, I'm going to tell him, son, I love you, but I'm going to denounce your lifestyle with the life that you're living, what you're doing. I do not approve, and I'm not going to apologize to nobody for saying it, because I know the word of God. I know somebody, and God is not for it. Now, no political uh, affiliation is going to help me to make that stand. You got to be standing on the truth. You got to be standing on the word of God. What God says is wrong, is wrong for everybody. Come on somebody. I'm going to love him. I'm not going to kick him out of my house. <laughs> I may still feed him. Uh, but I'm certainly going to denounce and, and pray that God give him deliverance. I'm not going to oh, "Well, you know, it's all right. No it goes against the laws of God come on somebody my God and you know some people feel that you know taking some party affiliation now gives you the wherewithal to stand against abortion or stand against racism or stand against this uh, this a political influence of this false church got people believing that. Come on, somebody. My God. Let's talk about the the subject of abortion for a moment. Uh and we've covered this before and this ought to be reviewed for a lot of you at New Grace. Um, did you know that the anti-abortion laws were designed to keep white women from getting abortions? I'll I'll give you the other resources. You can look them up for yourself because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to examine it for yourself. You know, I don't want you all to think, oh, he's just some mean black man that's gone rogue and uh, going off on people. No, no, these are just facts. Uh, It's time for the men of Issachar to have a perfect understanding of the times and know what we ought to do. What in the world is going on? My God, our anti-abortion laws were designed to stop white women from getting abortions. They were not instituted to stop the black and brown women uh, from getting abortions. It was to keep the white women to stop getting abortions. Why? so we can maintain a white minority in america my god so the whole anti-abortion uh, movement have a racist root to it Come on somebody jesus told us you know a branch cannot bear fruit of its own uh it can't bear fruit unless it's connected to the root you all know that right Well, if the root have a racist root to it, everything that grows out of it, come on somebody, my God, is corrupt. All right, and and that's the problem uh, that we're facing right now. America is becoming too uh, black and too brown. I mean, it was bad enough. We had uh, President Obama being a, a black man as president. Uh, Now we got a black and Asian woman as vice president, and it's scaring the death out of individuals and saying, you know, and the people that used to fight for the Constitution, they only fought for the Constitution and democracy when they're winning. (laughs) My God. Oh, yeah, I'll fight for the Constitution if I win. I'll fight for democracy if we win, but as soon as we're not winning, We're going to change the rules. And that's what's going on right now. Come on, somebody. The anti abortion movement has nothing to do with morals or a religious stance. Come on, somebody. It has to do with maintaining a white minority in this country. Read it The birth dearth. The birth dearth. That's the name of the book. You find it on Amazon. What happens when a people in free society don't have enough babies? The birth dearth. What happens when people in a free society don't have enough babies? Dr. Ben Waddenberg, This is not the first time you all have heard this name. He was an advisor to President Lyndon B. Johnson. All right. Johnson was vice president back in 1960 upon the assassination of uh, JFK. Uh, He was sworn in as president November 22nd, 1963. All right. And Dr. Waddenberg told uh, President Lyndon B. Johnson, the greatest threat to America is is that we're not having enough white babies being born. The greatest threat to America is not enough white babies are being born. White people will become the numerical minority among somebody, my God, and will no longer be a white man's world if our women don't have more babies. Uh, it's all documented. You can read it for yourself. Dr. Ben Wattenberg was an advisor and he discussed with President Lyndon B. Johnson uh, various ways of solving this threat to America. One of them, he said, you know what? We can start paying um, uh, uh, white women to have babies uh but that means we'd have to pay all women to have babies, and we don't want to do that, so that 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 was not a good thing. The second thing is we could increase the number of legal immigrants into the country. come on somebody, my god uh but unfortunately, if we did that, there would be more people of color. Coming into the country, and we don't want that. Cause after all, Trump called them s hole countries. Why are all these people coming here from s hole countries? Remember somebody? Uh, during the height of this um, discussion, it was Anheuser Bush breweries that. Um, put out a, um, a commercial and many of you probably saw it. Uh, here's this Irish, uh, young man coming off the ship and they're telling him, we don't want you here. Go back to where you came from. (laughs) And then they show a big old picture of Anheuser-Busch breweries. Oh, 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 oh yeah. You, you can stay. (laughs) My God. But, you know, anybody that don't look like them, act like them, same colors, as them, go back to where you've come from. I don't know somebody. And that, that spirit, it still exists today. Third thing we can do. The 60% of fetuses that are being aborted in this country, if we can avoid that, we can maintain our majority. That was the recommendation of Dr. Ben Waddenberg to Lyndon B. Johnson. If we can stop the 60% of white fetuses being aborted in our country, we can maintain our white majority. And the anti-abortionment uh, movement got its legs uh and it was not designed for to stop other women it was designed to stop white women from having abortions and that anti-abortion movement can movement can be tracked right back to the catholic church and the republican party uh that is found um On uh, Wikipedia, U.S. anti abortion movement. Uh, If you do a search on Wikipedia, you can get that article uh, tying it right back to the Catholic Church and to the Republican Party. Way before Roe v. v Wade, Um, that was the anti-abortion, gives the... um, defeated them and gives the woman the right to choose. That was back in 1973. It was established and being challenged today. States were allowed to set their own laws until Roe v. Wade came along in 1973. All right. What do we have going on in the courts right now? A fight over a long established law. They want to Go back, the state of Texas want to go back and and go back to where we came and start writing their own laws, uh, and the court allowed this law to stand, um, you know, overturning a long standing of the court, Roe v. Wade, which was established way back in 1973. Come on, somebody, and it has no exception for rape. No exception for incest. Now, I'm going to let you do that uh, investigation. Who's doing the incest? There's a whole lot of studies out there that if you would just go arm yourself with the knowledge, you find out some stuff. This Texas anti-abortion law it takes into account no account for uh, rape, no account for incest. No account for uh, the fetus being, um, uh, has a major damage or disease or the fact that it might endanger the life of the mother. Takes nothing into account. None of that. And when they ask Governor Abbott of Texas, well, uh, why is it that you... He said, oh, we're going to, you know, through the laws, we're going to avoid rape and incest. We're going to we're going to we're going to you haven't cut it out yet. No law has stopped. No law could stop man from his wicked deeds, his wicked heart, his wicked spirit. Nothing but the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We've already proved that. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are what? in you got to get in Christ Jesus. The shed blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can change the heart, the evil and wicked heart of men. Come on, somebody. My God. So now that gets me to questioning when you, you think about Um, these movements like the Right to Life movement. So are you concerned about the 60% of white fetuses and you're going to let the 40% of all other fetuses die? What's the real agenda? Because now we've established that it has a racist root to it and anything that grows out of it, i on somebody has a racist agenda. The branch can't bear fruit of its own. <laughs> except it be connected to the root. It has a racist root to it. So right to life. Now, do you do I feel everybody in right to life is concerned about the 60 and will let the 40 die? No, I, be, I believe that there are some people in the right to life movement that really believe that it's all about all fetuses. Mm. But there are those that have not done their homework and don't know the truth about the matter. And there are some that's that's all they're concerned with is the 60% of the white women, the white fetuses that are being aborted and they could care less about the 40%, they will flush them down the toilet. It was President Theodore Roosevelt told them, you all have to have 2.5 children in order for us to maintain our uh, um, uh majority, white majority in this country. Warned them for years, yet the birth rate has declined and Uh, White women. And listen, if you go to Gematria, um, the Gematria study, there's a high percentage of women uh, that are getting these abortions uh, that claim to be Christian. (laughs) And you would have to be pretty naive to believe all of them are Democrats. I mean, it's the nice Christian girl that's not supposed to come up pregnant, right? Dematria. I wish I would have uh, got the spelling of that. You can look it up. Uh, but they have statistics. You know, uh, the percentage of women that are getting an abortion and a great percentage of them claim to be Christian among somebody. Now, the fertility drugs were not created uh, for black and brown people. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, do a Google search on President, President Theodore Roosevelt and anti-abortion. Just, you can Google that. Just put President Theodore Roosevelt anti-abortion. Um, he was death on abortion, birth control, family planning. He was death on all of that. But he was for fertility drugs. Why? Because it boosted, well, they thought it was going to boost the white majority. My God. Uh, did you know that there were so-called Christians that don't like people that don't look like them? Did you know there were so-called Christians that don't like Jesus? Jesus said, for which of my good works do you all want to stone me to death? So-called Christian groups. Come on, somebody. And <laughs> this ain't nothing new. This has existed since the beginning. For which of my good works? He's because, because Satan is your daddy. That's why you want to kill me. Come on somebody. My God. Let's say it again. It was the, the political leader and the religious leader that agreed and came together to kill Jesus. They didn't agree on anything, but they both hated Jesus. There are religious individuals that hate Jesus. Oh, outwardly, they appear to be moral and upright and good, God fearing and, and law abiding individuals. But they hate Jesus. Jesus told us himself. He asked them, "Why y'all want to? What you want to kill me for?" It's because Satan is your daddy, my God. All right. I want to get to this book, uh, Bishop Paddock, Apostolic Roots, Apostolic Roots, because everything I just shared with you, um, well, not the Dr. Uh, um he actually uh, wrote about it in his book. Um, I have read this book, uh, some years ago, um, and I have, uh, a wall of books here and I have a, a wall of, maybe three walls of books at my father's office, his, uh, home that I have not gone to get, but many of them I have looked at them, uh, read them and I, I read this book, um. Years ago, I knew it to be fact, uh, but I didn't want to speak on this until it actually came up into a Bible study, and uh, I wanted to get this book as my reference. Um, uh, What he, Bishop Ross Perry Paddock, has laid out, we know it to be true, Um, but he spells it out. He put it in print. He is uh, my Caucasian apostolic uh, father. Uh, And I thank God uh, that we have uh, individuals uh, among us that have walked among us, that have left record. He laid up uh, for the righteous sound wisdom. And this is some of the, the wisdom that God has laid up uh, for us, a lot of our uh knowledge and uh wisdom is laying in the graveyards. You know, traditionally, our fathers have not written books and 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 left record for us but thank god uh Bishop paddock did um He um shares uh, his testimony here in full his understanding of the history of the pentecostal assemblies of the world the the upheaval that happened as a result of uh, not only uh, churches splitting because of doctrinal uh, uh, differences, but uh, along racial lines as well. Uh, They came over into the body of Christ and they brought along with them uh, their racial views and their racial backgrounds. And I, I thank God uh, for my father exposing me uh, to these great men um, um, of the Pentecostal of the world, let me let me get this out. Uh, Bishop Paddock, I, I'm reading off of the, some of the statistics on the book. He was born in South Haven, in Michigan, in 1907. He credits his spiritual enli- uh, enlightenment and roots to Bishop uh, Thomas Haywood the first presiding bishop of the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, and to Bishop Robert F. Tobin. Uh, Bishop Paddock has been a member of the PAW for over 41 years. Uh, He was promoted to the bishopric in 1952. He served as the assistant presiding bishop for six years. He served as the presiding bishop of the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World from 1967 until 1974. Uh, he served as the pastor of Christ Temple in Kalamazoo uh, for over 37 years uh, until he retired and turned the church over to our former diocesan, uh, Bishop Harriel Herman. And I, I thank God for having a, a knowledge and relationship with both these two um, uh, Caucasian apostolic fathers. Uh, Of mine. Uh, And I'm so glad that uh, my father exposed me uh, to these individuals. And I'm glad for my upbringing because I was not taught at home to hate any race or color of people. Uh, I remember on occasion uh, Bishop Paddock sitting at our dining room table, my, he, he was, you know, I was I talked about how Bishop Paddock, uh, he got my attention because my father would have him come and teach. And when he started talking about Antichrist, you know, I was kind of playing around in church and not playing a whole lot of attention. I was younger then. But when he talked about the Antichrist and said he's alive and well and dwelling among us today, you know, I was <laughs> uh, that woke me up. I remember Bishop Paddock sitting at our dining room table and asked my father, he said, is your father uh, yet alive? And my father said, no, uh, my father is is gone on. And he said, well, you know, normally uh, what happens when uh, an individual is named Junior and the senior dies? uh they drop the junior and become senior and I'm sitting at the table like well listen I'm Avery Dumas the 3rd and if he dropped junior uh, and what's going to happen to me and I would already made up in my mind there was going to be an Avery Dumas the 4th but I wouldn't dare open up my mouth my father didn't say nothing and I didn't say anything either because I ain't want to get slapped in the mouth you were to be seen and not heard uh, and I, I thank God that I was exposed to these men of God at an early age. Now, Bishop Herman, I had a relationship with and went up to Kalamazoo to visit with him on many times. And I know uh, Bishop Herman, the funny story about him, he had a um, a book of um, uh, Sarah Palin on his uh, um coffee table when I was up visiting and talking to him, and uh, I know it was a setup because Bishop Herman has all kinds of books, and just so happened just that book was sitting on the table, and I, I know that was supposed to be a conversation piece, so I beat him to the punch. I said, Bishop Herman, Sarah Palin can't read or write. I don't know why you <laughs> you got, <laughs> well, you got her, her, her book sitting up here on the coffee table. Uh, Bishop Herman um, uh, told me that he was uh, a Republican, and uh, he also uh, told me when Barack Obama, he th- he said, I know that you're excited uh, that a black man has become president of the United States, but I believe that it's going to result in a moral decline of this country. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> Bishop Herman uh, lived into the, uh, the the days of Donald Trump, and um, you all know the story. Uh, President Obama was a great role model, a great father, a great husband. Didn't consort with porn stars and uh, didn't uh, cheat on his wife and, and lie uh, out of his uh, out of his mouth and. and my goodness, and, and take the country into a moral decline uh, as as Donald Trump have. And Bishop Herman finally had to admit to me. He said, well, I'm a Republican, but I, I'm not no Donald Trump Republican. <laughs> so <laughs> I I've had a lot of conversation with these great men. These are my Caucasian apostolic fathers. Um that have uh, poured into me and left on record uh things that we can glean and uh, so we can have a perfect understanding of the times and and know what Israel or the church ought to do and understand and know what in the world is going on. This thing was not done in a corner all right so, uh, this particular book, Apostolic Roots, now it is on Amazon. It has a different cover and it is uh, under a different uh, publisher. Um, and I haven't seen the one on Amazon, but this is the one that I had that I read years ago. And it wasn't until this Bible class come up and I went in an intense search out of all my books that I have trying to find this book and God allowed me to lay my hands on it and it brought tears to my eyes because what I remember in my mind is exactly uh, written here on these pages. All right. So on page 41, page 41 of this book, um, I want to just read to you, uh, boys and girls, and I hope I thought we was going to get a lot further along. I got so much I want to share with you concerning this it says when the Pentecostal assemblies of the world was founded there was one doctrine throughout the entire association that was not right that of course was the doctrine of the Trinity and this had been from the Catholic Church from the Nicene Council back in 3000 1980 the Catholic Church had changed the doctrine from the oneness to the doctrine of the Trinity and everybody wanted to turn to the Trinity. Can you imagine that even after the Azusa Street mission and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, um, the Catholic Church actually had influence on the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, and they were actually operating in the Trinity. Uh, that, that just just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Alright. Um, it says he says the church went into a complete darkness over a period of a hundred years. So there was just one organization on the face of the earth which was called the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, and it had not incorporated until 1919. However, they continued together with few problems because of their togetherness. Uh, There were problems, of course, but nothing that had to do with racial, national origins, or ethnic groups. My God. Um, Bishop Pilate... Confirms what we have uh, already gone through the scriptures and uh, ferret it out. The mind that has wisdom, understand and know that this is the Catholic Church that we're talking about uh, in Revelation 17, uh, Revelation 18. All right. It started out in the oneness doctrine, but because of her adultery. And causing those to commit fornication with her led astray. uh, The the Trinity is the largest doctrinal movement on earth right now. And the Catholic Church is the pioneer of it. It started out in the oneness, uh, but the early framers of the Catholic Church thought that they had authority to change things. You know, a threefold cord is never broken. I know people say hardly broken, but it's never broken. It was starting out being spoken of Jesus himself. All right. It was repeated by the apostles and disciples that came after him. And it was confirmed by him with signs and miracles and with divers miracles. Come on somebody, a threefold cord. That's a threefold cord. It's never broken. The Catholic Church decided that they had the authority to change the oneness doctrine to the Trinity and did so. And as a result, led astray. What happens when you get into relations? Uh... uh, with uh, harlots, whores, the Bible describes her as. Well, there are illegitimate children that flowed out of her. My God, and as a result, we see even the, uh, the Pentecostal Assemblies of the world was operating in the Trinitarian doctrine it wasn't until God began to reveal unto Bishop Haywood the oneness. Come on, somebody. My God, in the name of Jesus Christ, the baptism in uh, Jesus' name. All right. Um, I think we got time for a little bit more of this. And there's a lot of eye opening things here. Um. Uh, All right, let's let's go here. It says, in 1913, God began to pull the veil back a little further and reveal the oneness of the Godhead in Jesus Christ, which is the baptism in Jesus's name for the remission of sins. There was great conflict among the brethren, for many of them said that it was a doctrine of the devil. And I know of a case in my own uh, town where One of our brethren went to an Assemblies of God service one night, and in the testimony service, he got up and testified Jesus was God, and that he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. They called him down to the pulpit, and he thought that they were calling him to speak to the congregation, but once he was in front, they put him down on his knees and got around him and prayed and tried to cast that Jesus only out of him. This is one particular man I want to, there is one particular man I want to mention here, and that is the late Bishop Garfield Thomas Haywood. When he first heard Jesus only, he also believed it was of the devil. Can you imagine that? And fought against it. But on one occasion, he came across a particular scripture that says, while you have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. John twelve thirty six. And the Lord spoke to his heart. And Bishop Haywood said, Lord, you will never hide yourself from me. And he was baptized in Jesus' name. We're talking about Bishop G.T. Haywood uh, being now given the revelation of the oneness doctrine, the baptism in Jesus' name, and and was baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, in, In Annapolis, Indiana, Bishop Haywood had a very thriving church. And he immediately began to baptize all the folk over again in Jesus' name. Uh, But one of the brethren from Arkansas wrote him a letter warning him of this thing. They called it uh, this new issue. They called it. Uh, It was coming your way. And uh, we wanted to warn you against them. Bishop Haywood sat down and wrote a letter back and said, you are too late. I have already accepted the doctrine and have been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of my sins, and have baptized my people over again in the name of Jesus Christ. My God. Can you imagine that? The Catholic Church having so much influence that it had its grip. Even on the Pentecostal assemblies of the world, even coming through the Azusa Street mission and its beginning, and it wasn't until Bishop Haywood, G.T. Haywood, God gave him the revelation of the oneness and the baptism in Jesus' name. They were all uh, still uh, debating whether there was one or three in the Godhead, but God revealed himself. Unto Bishop Haywood, uh, you know, the sunrise said, there shall be light in the evening time and the path, to glory you shall surely find. The evening time has come. Tis the fact that Christ. Well, what is it? How does that go? Tis the fact that God in Christ is. Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord our God is what? My God. Thank God. Uh, for the oneness revelation doctrine uh, that was revealed unto um, Bishop G.T. Haywood. Um, all right, let me see. Uh, let's let's do one more of these. Uh, page forty-three. In nineteen fourteen, those that refused to walk in this new light had enough. So they pulled out and had a convention on their own and established the Trinitarian churches and Trinitarian organizations. Can you imagine that we've had Trinitarian churches and Trinitarian organizations that were birthed out of the Pentecostal assemblies of the world? Among the African-Americans were primarily the Church of God in Christ, and among the whites, primarily the Assemblies of God. Each of them split until there were quite a number of organizations. And I want you to remember that they were all in the Pentecostal Assemblies of of the world. Even uh, So even the Trinitarians today, uh, I don't mean the nominal church, but I'm speaking of the Holy Ghost field churches came out of the Pentecostal assemblies of the world. Uh, And I will tell you that of all the Trinitarian churches that exist today, the Church of God in Christ is the only one that predated the Pentecostal assemblies of the world. Uh, But when they predated us, uh, they did not have the Holy Ghost. So the Church of God in Christ, I know a lot of times we say the Church of God of Christ came out of the Pentecostal assemblies of the world, which is True, but it ain't true. They they existed before the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, but before they were associated with PAW, they did not have the Holy Ghost. Uh, so they came and actually uh, started receiving the Holy Ghost and then went out from us. Uh, all right, let me see that. I, I said it, but I'll now I'll read it. They got the Holy Ghost with us and were with us from 1906 to 1914. And uh, when they pulled out and reorganized the Church of God in Christ, Uh, when I say that every organization of the Holy Ghost-filled people in the world today can place their origins in one way or another back to the Pentecostal Assemblies of the world, uh, the Church of God in Christ might give you an argument. Uh, They were with us eight years before they pulled out and reestablished the Church of God in Christ uh, now, this was the first split from within the Pentecostal Assemblies of the world, and it set the stage for splits that have continued until this day. So we have a lot of a real good history, but one of the things I wanted uh, you all to realize is that the the influence of the Catholic Church actually had us, my God, until God began to reveal the oneness doctrine. Uh, And in here, Bishop Paddock uh, credits uh, Bishop G.T. Haywood as being the pioneer uh, of the oneness doctrine. And and he said that God gave more revelation to Bishop G.T. Haywood than any other man uh, that he know. But we're we're gonna read it, we'll get to it. Uh, Like I say, there's so much uh, to this uh, saints! Now, listen, y'all stick with me now because uh, I don't want you to just get a piece of this and say, you know, the pastor, he just he's just a, a mean man and he's, he's jumping on other churches and on, uh, it's all on record. It's all been documented. It's all in the scriptures and we have it. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. We have it by our Caucasian apostolic father. Some things that I think uh, we should be well aware of, so we will know what in the world is going on. <laughs> yeah, there are some things uh, that have grown out of a racist root. Come on, somebody. Uh, not outwardly, uh, you know. Uh, you know, outwardly, it looks good. Uh, You know, it it presents itself as being moral and being right and being upstanding and and law-abiding. But inwardly, it is utterly corrupt. I I will uh, continue my case if the Lord says the same on next uh, Wednesday. We will continue with this if the Lord tarries. Uh, This is something that um, the Lord laid on my heart um because you know uh i've been even pondering myself lord what in the world is going on with folk today i mean you can you can read it and and you know but until it actually rubber meets the road you know it, it even though you've read it it confounds you and i think it's we can take great comfort to know there's a rhyme to the reason why we're going through the things that we're going through and the foundations are being shaken. What can the righteous do? My God, this is the time to have a, pers- per- uh, a perfect understanding of the times and know what Israel ought to do. All right, uh, if you all want this book, you can go on Amazon. I, like I say, I can't guarantee uh it's the same uh but it has the same uh title it has the same author but the the um uh, printer has changed and the um cover has changed uh but i'm praying that the content is the same this is the writing this is the sound wisdom that has been laid up for the righteous The writing of our apostolic father, Bishop uh, Ross Perry Paddock. All right. May God bless you. May God keep you. Is our